The great Nalissa Smith is here. The Indiana Fever first-year player has done a lot. We have a lot to talk about. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. We follow the women's game 24-7, 365. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or over at YouTube. Make sure you are following the work we do covering the game at The Next, thenexthoops.com. We have a reporter in every single market. We've got the great Tony East operating in Indiana, covering the Indiana Fever and covering a really interesting young team. And, I mean, Melissa Smith is doing the things that, I have been telling you for years she was going to do. She has been telling us for years she's going to do. Melissa Smith has never lacked for confidence. And we're going to get into the numbers uh, because that's how I like to do it. But let's just in terms of like your first year here in this league, was there a moment where you kind of grabbed onto it and said, not only do I know I'm going to do this, here I am proving it. Just an early game, an early moment, an early rebound. I'm just wondering for you whether there was that kind of eureka moment. Uh, I would probably say our first game against Washington when I had 13 points, 13 rebounds. It was kind of like a moment where I was just like, all right, maybe I can. Like, it's maybe I can play with, like, you know, the great players that are in the WNBA. So I feel like that was my first, like, taste of, like, okay, like I could hang around with these people. It's just – Right from the start, and so so we had a conversation back in May uh, when you went into New York, went into Barclays Center, and it was not just 12 points, but it was 17 rebounds. It was seven offensive rebounds. And so that's not just a question of skill. That is a question of want to, as is rebounding so much of the time. What is it that has driven you to continue to do that? Because you keep putting out the double-digit rebounding numbers. You've got 10 different games with at least 10 rebounds already this year, and you're top five in the league in both offensive and defensive boards. Uh, I feel like it's just a will to, you know, want to rebound. I feel like rebounding allows your team, you know, to get those extra possessions, get those extra shots. And, I mean, it also helps you score more. You know, when you're not so involved in the game, when you rebound, you're helping yourself out and you're helping your team out at the same time. So I feel like that's the reason why I really focus on rebounding the most. I think there are people who are surprised about less the uh, classic five portions of your game and more about the versatility of your game. And I know we've talked, uh, you know, I've written about that and the way you came up is, you, you know, you were more of a perimeter player, even dating back to high school. Oh. It was a return to it, though, your senior year when uh, when Tim Mulkey leaves, Nikki Collin comes in at Baylor, for those who don't know, a fundamentally different system. But what I think is really striking, I just want to throw these numbers out there. Um, you you average 23.7% from three in your senior year uh, of college, right? You are well above that. You're at 37.8% from three. It's a longer distance. It is bigger, stronger defenders. 
and you're taking more of them. You're taking 3.13s a game. So can you take me through the process of just kind of reintegrating that into the things that you do? I would say it's just about regaining confidence, you know, shooting from the three. I feel like my whole college career, it was times where, you know, I, not that I wasn't allowed to shoot the three, but that's not where I was most comfortable at. I was most comfortable, you know, banging inside, getting the easy possessions inside. But then my senior year, that's when I really, like, challenged myself into, like, you know, just shooting a couple more threes than I did the year before. And then coming into the league, it was it was so much talk about, like, that I couldn't make threes. And that's what's stopping me from being a great player. And, like, that's what's going to separate my game. So I finally I was just, like, I got to change that. Like, I have to shoot more threes. I got to, you know, you got to take some to make some. So I kind of just really took that upon myself, you know, start challenging myself to take two, three threes a game and just see where it gets me. It's been great for me so far. Finding those spots, is it are, – are you getting reps on your practice day that allows you to get to that point? Is it more just trying to find it within the flow of the game? Uh, you know, like, how does that manifest itself on, like – a, a given possession? Are you thinking in your mind, you know, look, it, it, I haven't gotten that three-point shot left midway through the second quarter, or is it more just you trust that there's this, you're going to find those spots in this offense? Oh, more just finding it in the offense, you know, mostly like trailing in. I see I get a lot of opportunity shooting the three from trailing. It's not really coming off of like making a move and shooting the three. It's just where I'm found in the offense is where I really shoot the most threes at. So, this is a team that, and we, we knew this coming in, this is a building. This is the start of something, uh, you know, with five rookies. Um, but there's always going to be struggles, especially in the WNBA, especially the teams that are established, that are further along. But that's really brand new for you. I mean, you are somebody who has won at every level. How do you go about processing that? How do you go about keeping your focus on, you know, sending the bigger prizes down the road? Because I know that's got to be wearing, right? To, to be losing the way uh, the, the Fever has been, have been losing this year in a way that's new to you, I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, losing sucks for everybody. Nobody wants to lose. And, you know, just the amount of losses that we do have, it doesn't really show how good of a team we are going to be. So I feel like with us losing this many games now, it's really kind of like just teaching us how we can, like, you know, jail next year and the years uh, after that. I mean, we're all getting used to each other. We've never played with each other. Uh, we're just finding new things about each other, and I feel like it's going to be great for the uh, next years. What do you think we've learned about you guys as a group from a thing like Wednesday night's game where you're down 30, you cut it to single digits? This is, you know, statistically you guys are out of playoff contention. This was not a game that had meaning for you guys in the 2022 season. It meant a great deal to Atlanta, who's fighting for tooth and nail for a playoff spot. What is it? What What is that conversation like in the huddle, getting you guys to hold each other accountable and having that type of comeback last night? Uh, it's really about just how you want to go down. Like, just, you know, you could win this game and just coming collectively and finding five players that, you know, want to play to win. So, you know, we got in the locker room at halftime. We talked to the people that wanted to play, and it was like, I'm going to play for you, and we're all going to play for each other. So at the end of the day, we played for each other, and we cut the lead. And, you know, we came up short, but we played a hell of a game. So, I mean, that just gives us a glimpse of what we can do. When you navigate this yourself, too, on the other side of it, 
you know, I know you're so close with your family. Are those your first calls after the game is over? You know, take me through kind of what that post-game recovery is like for you. Uh, yeah, for sure. Talking to my family. Uh, I always call my parents, get a little critique from them, usually my dad. You know, he the, he's the hard one. He tell me, like, what I could have did better, where I could score more, how, like, I need to rebound a lot more than my mom is kind of be all right. You got a game in a day or, or in a, you have another game in two days. You can't dwell too long on how you played the last game. It's just about getting better from here on out. So those are usually my first calls, you know, to pick me up after a game. And then just on the physical side of it, this is obviously a very different schedule than you have at the collegiate level. What are you doing for physical recoveries as you are getting from game to game to make sure that you feel at your best in you know what's a really demanding schedule here from May through August to play 36 games. Yeah, usually resting a lot. You know when we do have off days, not trying to overdo it because you do play every other day. Mm-hmm. You know, but still just trying to find that media of, of staying in the gym. You know, working out. So I try to like work out after a practice so that on the off days I can enjoy that off day. You know, relax a little bit. So I feel like it's just about, you know, taking care of my body, you know, getting in the cold. So when I got chances, getting massages when you get chances, because it does come at you fast. It does. It does. I want to get into a lot of what we've learned about you, your teammates, and where things stand in Indiana going forward. Uh, I first want to talk about betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on your betting needs. Uh, They say on all your betting needs, uh, and they're not – they're not wrong about that. There's not just NBA, there's WNBA. There's not just men's college basketball, there's women's college basketball. And uh, in this space, though I'm not a betting person, uh, it means a lot that there is equality of opportunity. It matters for the growth and the future of this game. So go to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. So again, you have experienced something that very few players in this league have, which is to say, to play among five rookies. What has been, as that group has come together, kind of the most memorable moments for you when you think about it, about this group of teammates? Is there one rookie who you've gotten closer to? I know Queen was somebody you played with, Queen Eggbow, for our listeners who don't know, um, who you played with at the collegiate level. Um, you know, take me through kind of what that has been like as a group coming together? Oh, it's, it's been a, a crazy experience for all of us. I mean, you're coming in with five people that all don't know, you know, what to expect out of the WNBA. So, I mean, it's good for us because we have someone to go to. Like, we're all going through the same thing. We have people to talk to. So, I mean, we're we're very close rookie class. You know, we kind of do everything together, go eat together, talk about games and stuff like that. So, I feel like I've gotten closer to all of them. Like, it's been a great time for all of us. And then I know, obviously, Kelsey Mitchell has had a dominant year. She's been on the show. Uh, she's somebody who I truly believe should have been an all-star uh, had, had there been a just accounting for what, was, what took place. Recently, you lost Kelsey for the year uh, with uh, plantar fasciitis. Um, I, I believe that's what it was. I know, I know it was an issue with her foot. Um, that's got to change things. Does it change uh, just possession by possession, how much you're looking to score, you know, how, how do you guys kind of navigate to make do uh, with the center of gravity changing in that way? 
I mean, it changes a lot. It changes the effective score on the floor. You know, most of our points had came from Kelsey, so we're missing a chunk of points. You know, that just comes from having the next man up. You got to find someone else to, you know, fill that spot and give us the same effort that Kelsey gave us every game. You're also, you know, missing some leadership. You know, Kelsey's been in the league for a couple of years now, so she has that leadership. She's played these games. And, you know, you also miss that heart out there. You know, she loves the game of basketball, so – you're definitely missing that too. But, you know, it's all about the next man up, like I said. So it just it gives someone else the opportunity, you know, to prove yourself and help us get a win. Midway through the fourth quarter and was near the end of that comeback, I mean, you're talking a little bit about a trail three, but I just wanted to highlight it. I think it's just interesting from an X and O's perspective. It's essentially a two-person game. There's a screen, and you're coming off the screen to hit a three on the far side. I think it cut it to six at that point from that three. I guess I, I, I'm just wondering, you know, it's not just a question of you hitting those shots, but is it a question with Kelsey out to try and find more of those threes within – the flow of like getting called, getting your number called to hit that shot? Um, I feel like scoring on all areas, you know, not even just focusing on, you know, just shooting the three. I feel like with her uh, being out, it does make me have to, you know, see, seek more shots and seek more opportunities to score the ball because, you know, you have to find, you've got to fill that area that we were missing with Kelsey in the game. So, you know, just scoring from all around the floor for sure. What I find fascinating about sort of a well-rounded nature of your game is there is not, you know, uh, basketball reference breaks it down. And so there's zero to three feet from the basket, three to 10, 10 to 16, 16 out to the three-point line, and then beyond the three-point line. And it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of both what you do and what analytically you'd want people to do, which is to say you take 25% of your shots from zero to three, right around the rim, and you're at 60% from there. You're hitting 37.8 of your threes, and you actually take slightly more from beyond the three-point line. That's sort of an implicit answer for anyone who didn't think that was part of your game. Well, it happens to be the biggest chunk, right? And then you're north of 11% at every other zone as well. To be a three-level scorer here in year one, I guess my question is, do you know how rare that is? How rare it is to come into the lead and be able to do that right away? I really don't like, you know, sit back and really think about that. But I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it does, you know, enlighten me and stuff on. Because, you know, sometimes you could be hard on it, but it is things that you're actually accomplishing. Yeah. And, you know, you don't you don't really know it until someone else tells you it. So, I mean, so I'm glad we're having this conversation. Well, so it did help me. Good. I'll keep pointing these things out as you continue. To <laughs> the so the, the rookie who's gotten the least amount of run is Lexi Hull this year. And there's a very good reason. You know, she's battled a wrist injury. It's been difficult mm-hmm. to get out there. You guys have depth, and you have depth at her position in particular. How gratifying is it to see her finally get, you know, kind of a moment in the spotlight, get the opportunity to hit double digits in, uh, in scoring and, uh, you know, in, in some ways kind of unofficially join what the other four of you have been doing all season? Um, it's great. You know, having, having so much help from everybody, you know, it helps us collectively – and, you know, Lexi came in the game the other night and she just gave us energy and gave us fight. You know, Lexi's going to play hard. And I feel like that's what we kind of miss sometimes is just someone that wants to, like, dive on the floor, get the loose balls, defense, like, all the way down the court. So, I mean, we get that from Lexi all the time. And when she's scoring on the it's hard to stop her.
And then in terms of that, in terms of that defensive presence, you you have a couple of rookie teammates who are really significantly part of that. And and Emily Ensler obviously uh, is somebody who came in known for her defense. But you know what what is what is that like to be playing next to M and seeing the way she is just so consistently you know not just a defensive uh, presence with intensity, but somebody who has that kind of versatility you know that allows I'm sure you guys to switch on a regular basis too. Uh, M plays hard too. You know, she can... it's paused. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I think we're back. I think we're good. I, um, Howard can you hear us. I hear you fine. You hear me okay? Here, can you hear me now? Hold on. Can oh, your video here, is kind of printed. Yeah, I can hear you now. I know. It went in and out. Um, yeah, I just prioritized the device. Hopefully. Okay. Uh, that would- All right. We yeah, can that pick sounds it up better. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm. So I was asking you about just just Emily Angler and and her defensive versatility and just how helpful that is when she's on the floor with you guys. Uh, it helps a lot. You know, Em's gonna go after every single rebound. So you know, rebounding helps us win a lot of games and. You know, she averages one block a game. So, you know, blocking shots and rebounding, it helps us tremendously. You know, it's not always about scoring. It's about, you know, the dirty work that other people are going to do. So, obviously, awards are secondary, right? Uh, You have hashtag slept on in your Twitter profile. Um, I wonder how much you think about things like the Rookie of the Year award and how much that drives you, how much – um, it's part of your thinking when you kind of process what this year has been for you. Uh, I mean, it drives you a lot. I mean, you don't want your whole game to, you know, circle around awards, but I mean, everybody knows there's awards, you know, in our generation. So, I mean, you're playing for those type of awards and, you know, it just proves that, you know, who's like the top rookie and, you know, I'm competitive. So it's like, of course you want to win every, every single award, you know, you go out there every night and you try to showcase your talent. So, you know, everybody's trying to get the award. Is it a conversation that you have amongst your teammates? Uh, there are five, obviously, eligible people for that Rookie of the Year award. <laughs> no, nah, we don't really talk about it. <laughs> so, but so for you, it's internal. You think you think it's you think it's internal for uh, for your teammates as well. You think that's something that they think about, whether they whether they talk about it or not. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody probably thinks about it. All the rookies in the nation are probably thinking about, you know, winning the award. Because, I mean, you go out there every single night, you lay it all on the floor. So, I mean, you want to get credited for what, you know, you're going out there and doing. So the case that you see, 13.9 points per game, 8.2 rebounds. You are a three-level scorer, as we talked about. You are at or near the top of the scout when the Indiana Fever come to town, in your mind, have you earned this rookie of the year? There's Shakira Austin, there's Ryan Howard. There's obviously uh, a lot of competition for it. But in your mind, that's where you are. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely believe so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's – here's what I know. I know that there is a bright future ahead and many, many awards ahead for you, uh, however this ends up going. So – we get to the end of the season. What comes for you? Are you looking to play overseas? Are you looking to, um, you know, to take a break from it? You know, and and what 
has helped inform you about whatever decision that you're looking to make? Oh, well, I'm taking a year off this year. I'm not going overseas. You know, I'm going to just stay home and train and work out and be with my family. I feel like this is the first, you know, time off I really get to, you know, enjoy my family. For, like, the past, like, 10 years, it's been straight basketball, whether it's AAU, high school, college, you know, just traveling so much. So I finally just want to, you know, sit back and just enjoy, you know, outside of basketball because you are a human being outside of basketball. It's huge. And 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 obviously it, it has uh, emotional positives that come with it as well. What's the thing you're most excited when you kind of close your eyes and you think about that time with your family? Where are you guys? What are you doing? Going on vacation. We planning a cruise right now. So <laughs> that's what I'm most excited for. <laughs> wow. You have more than earned it. I am very glad to hear it. Melissa Smith, it is delightful to watch your career blossom in just the way I was sure it would. Um, and I also want to thank you on behalf of our listeners. To our listeners, thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Um, I do want to point out, uh, and listen, this is interesting to find out, there is apparently a men's basketball league also. Um, it's called, I looked into it, it's called the NBA. And it seems like there's an, there's an NBA team right even in Indiana. Is that true? Is it they're called the Pacers? Yeah, it's called the Pacers. <laughs> so probably like a good way of killing time between – uh, Indiana fever seasons, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, those who want to do that, Locked On NBA has your latest news and rumors in just 30 minutes every day. If you listen to Locked On NBA, second, once you make sure you listen to Locked On Women's Basketball and get your fix first. Well, thank you to everyone listening in. We'll be back with you next week. We're here every single weekday. And of course, over at thenexthoops.com, 24 7, 365, where we are going to be. Uh, cataloging the exploits of Melissa Smith for many years to come. Melissa, all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.